0: Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. We are three episodes into Women's History Month, and we are still gearing up for our Grow series kicking off in April. But we have had such a great response from people reaching out and offering ideas for other themed series. So exciting news, stay tuned in the next few weeks and we'll be releasing a poll via social media where you can vote on which series we should do next. So give us a follow on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY to stay up to date on the show, this upcoming poll, and all of the good our community has to offer. You can also visit us at bgcf.org to learn more about who we are and what we do here at Bluegrass Community Foundation. Today's guest was the perfect warm day guest because she herself is a light. Her passion for nutrition is evident in everything she does, and she is gracious and patient and so fiercely brilliant. I mean, it was it was intense. <laughs> To top it off, she probably has the most gorgeous name I've ever heard, even if I am a little biased. (laughs) Here is Courtney Luking. name This is great. <laughs> thanks so much for
1: being yes, here. Yes, thanks
0: for the invitation. Yes, of course. Now, it does get a little stuffy in here. I okay. warn everybody. It's a little warm, so.
1: Oh, good. I was like, with the weather, too. I wasn't sure if I,
0: It's yeah. so bizarre. I'm wearing this dress. Yes. Because I haven't pulled out any of my spring, summer things Maybe yet.
1: Should we, right? Right.
0: Yes. And it's supposed to be cold again this weekend, yes, so like I don't winters. know what's happening. Do you have which one? You're going to be on this mic, okay. okay. too. Um, you don't have to wear the headphones if you don't want to. Okay. I'm going to wear them just so I can make sure that I hear us. Okay. Um, we usually say mic four fingers away. Okay. I'll scoot a little bit closer. Amazing. And if you want to give me, like, a test, test. Okay. Test, test. Amazing. That, that sounds great. Um, so, Courtney... Do you know who you're named after? Oh, my goodness. I don't. I, I've heard there's a
1: street oh. in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Which is where my mom spent her later childhood. Okay. Like high school, college. So, and so
0: every time we were there, they pointed out the street name. But I don't know that that's why
1: I'm named to the Courtney.
0: I love that. I think that's really cute. I was named after Courtney Thorne Smith, oh. who was on like Days of Our Lives okay. or something. So it's my dream to meet her That's and be awesome. like, I'm, I'm here because of you. Um, so I'm always really interested when other people are named Courtney. It's not very often that I meet other Courtneys. No, and I've actually met men named Courtney. So yeah. it's kind of fun that it's. Yes, I you don't know like who you're going to meet. <laughs> the 90s, like late 80s, early 90s, Courtney was a really big deal. Mm-hmm. Everybody was named Courtney. And now we are a spare few we are but the crazy
1: thing was in high school there mm-hmm. was a girl one year younger we had Courtney Tiemann both of us the only difference was and my last name had two n's at the end and hers had one stop but we both had middle names that were like male names starting with the letter d it was crazy so but one time I showed up in the principal's office because I got called to the office and they're like wrong Courtney wrong one what's your middle name <laughs> it was Dale okay but getting married I changed it. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> What's yours?
0: Danielle. <gasps> oh my <laughs> gosh, that. that's it just rolls <laughs> off the tongue. I thought it was going to be, like, Danielle, and I was going to freak out. Dale, Danielle, Danielle. <laughs> they sound yes, very they similar. Yeah, they sound very similar. Yes. Now, how do you pronounce your last name? Mm-hmm. Luking. Luking. Like Luke. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've been looking at it, and I was like, I don't want to say it wrong, so I'm just going to ask. King. Yeah. we. I get a lot of lucking. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Luecking. Do you Ooh, get that? Not mostly okay. lucking,
1: or people just ask, which I think is great. Right. You just had a baby. I did. How was the baby? She's great. She just turned three months oh old yesterday. Oh my gosh! So it's so they call it what the longest, shortest time. Yes, mm-hmm. and it is. It's it has flown by, but yet I have to keep reminding myself that she's only three months old, and I'm only three months after having a baby.
0: <laughs> yes, my brother and his wife had a baby in October, oh, they and did. I still think. Like, she's only three months old. She's just so small and she's squishy. And then I think, well, she's not three months old. Like, time is just moving so fast. And she's growing so much. Aww. It's crazy. Do you love being an aunt? I love being an aunt. She is the coolest. Oh, she's the coolest baby. Oh. She's so cute. Do you get to see her often? Not super often. Okay. They live in Tompkinsville, Kentucky, which is more Western. Okay. Uh, but I go home I I try to get home at least once a month so that I can just squeeze her because she's so cute. Yes, and they
1: change so quickly. So fast. So once a month, a lot happens in in a month.
0: Yeah, she's like bouncing and like bouncy things now. It's crazy. It's crazy. So why don't you take a second to introduce yourself and what
1: you do? Sure. I'm Courtney Luking, and I work at the University of Kentucky, specifically in the Department of Dietetics and Human Nutrition. And I also support our family consume, family and consumer science agents across the state. They're part of the Cooperative Extension Program. Have you heard of that? I've, I've heard of it. Okay. Do I know what that is? No, I don't. No, I feel like every time I say I work with Cooperative Extension, I need to follow up with yes. that question and yes. not assume that people know what it is or what it's all about. Right. So I'm happy to tell you about it. Yes, please. Um, So Cooperative Extension, it's actually a federal program. So every state, every land grant institution has this type of system or organization. It looks a little bit different from state to state. But in Kentucky, it's amazing. We have a presence in all 120 counties. Wow. And our job is to facilitate the information, the research that we are generating and learning on campus out into the communities. Mm. And way back in the 1860s when it originated, (laughs) um, it's because people couldn't travel to go to university, for example. And um, now we have the internet and all sorts of amazing wild things, for better or for worse, to find information. But we are, and I say we collectively, are trusted local resources for where people can go. And I specifically support nutrition and health-related programming. So our family and consumer sciences agents cover a lot of topics yes. um, from anything from resource management to um, maybe their laundry or home equipment questions mm. to parenting and child development. Um, and then I just, I stick in my lane with nutrition and health.
0: Which I'm so excited to talk to you about because I have a lot of personal questions. <laughs> and I've, at it. I've <laughs> been dying to talk to you. Yay. So. Before we really get into all of that, because we're going to get into all of that, how did you land in Lexington? Because I know that you spent some time in St. Louis. You spent some time in Chapel Hill. How did you land here? Yes. So we
1: traveled here, or I shouldn't say travel. We moved here mm-hmm. for to work so that I could work at the University of Kentucky. Okay, And I'll work backwards. We were in the Chapel Hill Durham area I was finishing up my degree at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill which I learned that it was that was a kinder university to attend rather than Duke because yes. of the Big Blue Nation. Absolutely. And Christian Leitner. And no,
0: I don't really understand all of that, but I do understand we don't like them. So yes. we're going to say we don't like them.
1: Yes. So fortunately, <laughs> I was told I came from the right university yes. or the better one. Um, so yes, did my training there and we ended there because we had been in St. Louis and um, that's where we were living and working as young adults and grew up just on the other side of the river from St. Louis oh, okay. in Southern Illinois, yeah. actually. but like twenty minutes from downtown. So most people wouldn't know where St. Louis is compared to right. The yeah. smaller town where I grew up, which I think is normal
0: for any place, right? We we round up to the bigger. Absolutely. <laughs> close to Lexington, close to Bowling Green. Yes. That whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now how long have you been in Lexington? We've been here about
1: three and a half years. So really not long at all and yeah. shrouded by the
0: pandemic. So it's like Yes. Mm-hmm. Very similar. I just got here in 2021. Okay. Yeah. So two, three-ish years. Mm -hmm. And it's starting to feel... Like home, is Lexington starting to feel that way to you? It is. It is. I was joking with people.
1: I was like, you don't realize how stressful it is when you have to rely on your Maps app to get you to a grocery store, for example. Yeah. And um, it was like just as I was no longer feeling like I needed that for Mm -hmm. everything, then we had to stay home for a while. Right. That's how it goes. Yeah. So I'm like reintegrating to figuring out my way yes. and we moved to another side of town. So oh, no. it was just learning. That's basically
0: moving across the world, right, honestly. Right. <laughs> yes. It's just you,
1: now you go to different places for yes. your default.
0: Yes. Now, tell me how you got interested in dietetics and nutrition. How did this come about for you? Looking back, it has been part
1: of me from a very young mm-hmm. age. As a nerd in second grade, we learned about the food pyramid I think mm-hmm. is what it was at that time and for whatever reason we made a plate of a healthy meal out of clay and then we got to like paint the Cute. foods okay and i just remember really loving that and, mm-hmm. and it made sense to me that we would pair foods together to give us energy and ways that it lasted a long time and that we felt good and and then as i got older being involved in dance and different sports mm-hmm. just recognizing the importance of fueling your body mm-hmm. And then my parents were in the medical field. And so they worked with registered dietitians in the hospital. Right. And they said, why don't you come in and just shadow them, see what it's all about. And so really got interested in this idea of clinical nutrition, working mm. in a hospital, people who were, were reliant on tubes to be fed, you know, when you're really, really sick. Right, um, And so that's how I ended up going into the training. And then, you know, life happens and yeah. you're like, no, that's not at all what I'm interested mm-hmm. about. But that's the beauty about nutrition and dietetics. It's it affects everyone, and so there are unlimited options of what you can do with it.
0: And speaking of things that affect everyone, I have a very serious question okay. about gut health. Oh yes. Now I've been reading this book. I don't know. I, it's by Lo Bosworth, who is on Laguna Beach. Okay. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how. May not be the m- accurate. I don't know is. about she. Yeah, she says that so she's training. done research. Okay. But who knows? Okay. But what I've come to understand is that the gut controls so many different parts of your body one is that true and two how can people realistically take care of their gut because there are so many things apple cider vinegar or like eating sauerkraut or doing the whole thing there's just so many different options and i don't know where to even start oh gosh we could do a whole podcast on like nutrition <laughs> misinformation. And yes. the funny thing is yes. that's
1: part of a training I've been doing this week and and one that I was listening to earlier just before coming. Yeah. So it's a very timely topic and you're not alone and having questions <laughs> like I read this and how much should I invest in Correct. this? Like is how much of this is true or how much of this is true for me? Yeah. So your first question I think was like, Does the gut control everything? And I think that's a pretty intense um, dramatic statement. Sure. But the gut is very much an important part of our body. Mm-hmm. Our body is a system. It's a lot of different. We think about we have our cardiovascular system that helps pump that blood around. We have our respiratory system. They all work together and they communicate. Mm-hmm. And so they are going to influence one another. So the gut is important in that it influences, right, other parts of our body. Um you know, it helps us digest. So we consume food. It's probably one of the more interesting systems, mm-hmm. I think, when it comes to nutrition, because that is how we ingest it and we break it down and our body absorbs and starts to do things with it. But a lot of that really starts in the gut. So right. if we think about if we're eating an apple, or if you want to think, I walked by a donut in a pretzel shop on the yes. way and that smelled amazing. So yes. we can think about any of those food products, <laughs> but you eat it and then your body, you know, you're chewing it to start to break it down and then it gets traveling down to your stomach. And then there's acids that start to help mm. break things down. And then I don't know, you know, the book may have mentioned the gut microbiota. Yes. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't even know that
1: that was there. It's pretty fascinating. And, and our our bodies have biota all over. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talk about the gut microbiota a lot. And, and it does play an important role right. in health and one that we're continuing to learn more about all the time.
0: So what steps? Okay. I don't even know how to ask this question, if I wasn't feeling my best, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. what would be the first step in saying, well, maybe I should check out my gut health and maybe improve that? What would be your recommendation? Yeah.
1: So I think, you know, if you're ever feeling unwell, not sure, start with a healthcare care provider. Yes, go to the doctor. <laughs> that's my disclaimer. <laughs> um, but about if, if just thinking about wanting to promote gut health, because mm-hmm. there are clinical where that's requiring treatment, and that's a whole different right. lane. And we can think about it more from a public health lens, mm-hmm. um, which is a lot of the work I do thinking about prevention and health promotion. And a lot of it comes down to what we consume and so um, it may be boring to hear this but (laughs) fruits and vegetables and whole grains Mm -hmm. nuts and seeds all of those types of foods are really good for the gut they're they're great for our bodies for a variety of reasons but if you want to think about it specifically Specifically, through the gut and that gut microbiota, they thrive on those kinds of foods. Mm. um, Because that fiber, that's what they aim to break down and certain types of fiber they can break down and other types they can't, but they're still, the effort (laughs) and the work is still good for our health um, because they can use that and create uh, fuel. So short-chain fatty acids is an example of a fuel source that those gut (laughs) bacteria can create for us to use. And those have... I'll say good with air quotes <laughs> metabolic <laughs> effects. Right. Um, they also help generate vitamin K, which is important for blood clotting. We get it from some of our foods, but they can also create it. So there, and and this is all through the acts of what we take in and what we ingest. And so if we can feed those bacteria well and help establish, mm. there's um, you know a lot of research going into what are the best. Creations, right? (laughs) Or mixes, I guess is a better word, of bacteria in there. Um, And I will leave that for people who research that. But in general, eating foods like yogurt, for example, Mm -hmm. some of those fermented foods, people like kimchi, for example, those can help populate good bacteria, and then by eating those fruit and vegetables and whole grains and nuts and seeds, those plant foods, Mm -hmm. it can fuel those quote unquote good
0: bacteria. It is so interesting how many people are, air quotes again, obsessed with this trend of gut health. I've had at least five people on this show Mm -hmm. who, when I say, what are you reading? It's always something about gut health. Okay. They're listening to a podcast about it. They're reading something about it. So okay. I was like, we need to get some professionals in here. Yeah we need to chat about it Yes so we have a group at BGCF called BGCF 365, which is where we say it's for new philanthropists who want to give a dollar a day every year. We pull those dollars together, and then we grant out $25,000 based on a grant theme each year. And this year, we are focusing on youth development and wellness. And because you are in this zeitgeist of public health and dietetics and nutrition, can you give us a glimpse of any trends that you've seen specifically here in this community um, that may be impacting the health and wellness of the youth here?
1: Yes. Nutrition touches so many facets of our life. And I think there are no shortage of trends Mm -hmm. that are positively or negatively influencing the health and wellness of our youth. Uh, I think some of the positive things I've seen are around the food systems work. So how we are getting youth involved with the creation of foods, uh, because that There's a lot of benefits with that. Not only is it physical activity for Mm -hmm. this act of gardening and farming, but there also are benefits to increasing or encouraging children to feel more comfortable to taste those types of foods that we typically, you know, for whatever reason – They're just less familiar. Some of those vegetables really do have a bitter taste, and Mm -hmm. some people are very sensitive to that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does encourage youth to taste it. But then, what they do with that? So you hear stories of being able to turn that into other products or take it to market and sell. So you're you're teaching them how to be entrepreneurs and and things of small business owners. And so I think the food system is a Great. It's a long-standing, but it's a great trend to embed our youth mm-hmm. in, as it um, promotes a lot of growth and development um, as individuals and kind of what they can become
0: in the future. Oh, I love that! And it, back in 2021, correct me if I'm wrong. You helped with a project that was about food recovery and food delivery. What exactly does food recovery mean, and what did that project look like?
1: Yes. Yeah, so. We, food waste is a big problem in our country. Mm-hmm. A, a large percentage, I don't want to misquote the number, so I will just sure, say a yeah. large percentage of the foods that are produced are wasted. And there are multiple points in that food system change from chain from when them produce to when we consume it or we as the individuals are throwing it out Right, lots of opportunities for waste but a lot of that can come from grocers for example or restaurants even so say um, a date which not is not necessarily linked to the safety of a food mm-hmm. it's just kind of a preferred quality indicator that it's getting close so they're going to throw it out or the apple doesn't look like the apple that we would see in a picture, and therefore people might be less likely to buy it. So, right. some of these just less desirable foods, but really they are going to taste just as well. They will be just as nutritious. Um, so, food recovery is a way of working with those agencies so that instead of throwing it out, people can come pick it up and repurpose it. Mm. And so there are groups in our Lexington community that are doing that, and uh, Glean Kentucky is one of them. They focus specifically on fresh produce, Mm -hmm. so fruit and vegetables, and they were one of our partnering agencies. And our campus kitchen at the University of Kentucky does a lot of that work as well, and that's a student-run, student-led organization uh, where they go and recover or pick up those items that would otherwise be discarded. And then redistribute them and it's more of a food equity process mm-hmm. so ensuring that people that have less access or inadequate access to food and in some cases more specifically nutritious foods that they are benefiting from those products mm-hmm. Now, is this a project that's ongoing? So a little bit of a backstory. The short answer is no, okay. <laughs> in terms of our partners that pulled together. And yes. I can kind of tell you a little bit why. So this started, there was a grant list opportunity from No Kid Hungry mm-hmm. to address food insecurity for families with children between birth and five years of age. Okay. And that's really where I focus my energy and efforts for the Extension Programming. Mm-hmm. And in seeing that announcement and being new to the area, I just wanted to see like what can we do for this? And a colleague of mine, Kendra, uh, she is she her she has tentacles with all the community oh, yes. partners. Yes. So, you know, you gotta know the right Those people. people. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so she looped in. Um, Glean Kentucky was an organization, and I work with the Kentucky Nutrition Education Program, and they're a branch of Cooperative Extension that oversees the federal Grant dollars related to uh, supplemental nutrition assistance program education, so SNAP, those benefits. This is the education component as well as the expanded uh, family. And, and nutrition education, prog- education and nutrition education program. So many words and letters. <laughs> yes. um, but the short of that is, basically, they provide education to individuals or families that are eligible for SNAP and so lower resource families. And then we were it worked with the campus kitchen at the University of Kentucky and then Community Action Council. Okay. We didn't get the grant, but all of these partners were doing amazing work already. And so they were ready to press go. We just had to redirect some of our energies and efforts. And it was amazing. We were able to deliver to over 400 families in a year. We, Glean Kentucky, recovered about 23,000 pounds oh, of produce. Oh that goodness. Now, not all of that could be distributed, but, right. but a large amount of that was able to be. And then our Community Action Council partners had some extra funding from the pandemic and they were able to purchase pantry staples. So people were getting these really nutritious packages of foods about once a month or so. We were serving um, 13 communities that Community Action Council oversees for Head Start, so the early education right. programs. And um, and then our nutrition education program. Contributed educational resources about like basic nutrition information, supporting eating healthy among families, and um, yeah, it was really amazing to hear about just all the work that really the community partners were doing, um, and to just be a fly on the wall and be the researcher on that of like, okay, (laughs) what actually happened through this process, and what worked and what didn't, and so um, and then to your point about, is it still going? There were a lot of things that worked really well about that partnership. Sure, But at the end of the day, once the funding dried up for some of those additional purchases, Mm -hmm. and then then there were just other changes within the community agencies where they could no longer do that role and it was out of their control. And so it kind of ended abruptly, but um, the impact that it had on the time that it was done was Invaluable. It was, and we we did we were able to um, hear from the families that were receiving those boxes, and um, it you know based on their responses, they were consuming the foods that they received and were really grateful about um, the opportunity to have fresh foods because mm. in one of the communities they had had a flood and it wiped out their only grocery store.
0: Oh my god! So these
1: deliveries once a month were giving them access to right food in general, but fresh foods that were not as easy to come by at that time.
0: That's got to be the best feeling to work on a project and then seeing it truly making a difference. That has to be crazy. Yes. That's the
1: whole reason I love this job is that it's really designed to be real world application of research. And so being able to hear the stories and, and tell be able to tell that story based on the information we gather, that it is very rewarding. Now, when
0: we first got in touch, I was super interested in the Upcycled Bags project that you did. Yes. So can you tell me about that, but also tell me, if at all, how this recovery and delivery project kind of coincided with the Upcycled Bags? Yes, they were related. So this is where students are
1: amazing resources. This was a student-led project, the first one. Mm -hmm. We had her um, kind of work with us on the evaluation. So it was a really great experience. And then we had another student reach out. And so she was starting to jump in and listen to some of the interviews we had done with our community partners mm-hmm. about their experience. And a couple of times, the the boots on the ground, the people actually delivering the bags of food mentioned that like, if the weather was bad, the paper bags were getting wet and breaking. Right. And then there would be food all over and they're like going through the mud and trying to yep. pick up, you know, and so just a, a very, um, potentially minor thing but the student was like oh my friend she does this she likes to repurpose t-shirts into bags maybe we could do something like so it truly was just an idea in response to something she heard from an opportunity for improvement with the project and with a project that's focused on sustainability, there's always that question of like, okay, are paper bags our best option? Are plastic bags, do we use these recycled grocery right. yes. bags? And so we thought, why don't we just see, Extension has a huge volunteer network from our Extension homemakers, and particularly some of them have sewing interests. There you go. And so I thought, why don't we tap into that group and see if they're willing to participate? And they did. So we had, I think we had about four. 40, a little over 40 people participate. Oh, my gosh. And the purpose was to be some sort of research project. Yes. So we thought about, why don't we compare bag designs as one easier to make than another? Okay. Because the idea is that these are volunteers using materials and resources they already have lying around. Right. That we're not going out and purchasing, that we are repurposing fabrics that would otherwise have been wasted because just like food, the fashion industry. Absolutely. Is been known for waste and yeah. sustainability concerns. And so we just thought we'd try to to mirror those together. And then in, we were going to use those bags to deliver the foods right. for that project I told you about with the families. Unfortunately, it had ended right, right before. in the middle. Yes. And I was like, <laughs> OK, pivot. Um, right. But we did still get to use them for delivery with our campus kitchen. Their students, they do a project, Hope on, oh, gosh, I'm going to mess it up now. Hope on Wings, Meals on Wings, and they deliver to senior, older adults who are experiencing food insecurity and maybe don't get access to Meals on Wheels. Right. So twice a week, they're delivering foods that are created that from so recovered cool. foods. And so we had them try out the bags and give us feedback. And
0: it was, it was again, a fun, real-world project. Right. And do you feel... A sense of pride that it's students who were running this, like they were the real catalyst behind this. It's so amazing. I'm just there for logistical
1: support. You mm-hmm. know, they're the they're the creative ones. Yes. And, and they're really in touch with different communities. And so I think that's really what it's all about, right, is just being able to listen to people. And responsive and jump in where we can be useful
0: mm-hmm. so what's next for you do you have projects that are coming up do you have students who have projects that are coming yeah. up yes
1: well this project we're we're just getting the data all together okay. so i'm not sure that will be a sustainable one it was kind of mix, a mixed bag as to whether people felt it was a valuable use sure. of their time yeah. and but those were the questions we wanted to know of course that would determine if we would try to do this on a larger scale and what a pun a mixed bag a mixed bag oh yes i did <laughs> Even <laughs> they know that. That was truly unintended. Yes. <laughs> um, not that creative. <laughs> but yeah, so they, I think that project will probably wind down. Sure. But um, lots of exciting things on the horizon. Again, here to support healthy eating. Healthy beginnings from that prenatal preschool period. So, working on a couple projects. We'll be bringing in a curriculum to try Mm. for preschool age children um, to promote adventures in healthy eating, and um, we have we've been working a long time on developing something for people in their prenatal, like pregnancy period or that newly postpartum, infancy, toddlerhood, kind of a gray space where we know that it's so important for health and development now and into future generations, yet there's still such a need for support for people that are in that space of life. So we'll be working on a program for our Kentucky Nutrition Education Program to use with families um, eligible for SNAP benefits. So looking forward to Kind of some long, long, yes. long-term, long-term projects term coming things. to life.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Now, before we get into segment two, which is my favorite part of every episode, okay? Um, it's Women's History Month, yeah. which I'm very excited about. It is my favorite time of the year. Love it. And I know that there are a lot of stigmas. There was then, there is now, from women in higher education, about women in higher education is that some? I mean, you have a Ph.D. I certainly do not. I do have a master's degree. I do not have a Ph.D. But is that something that you've had to experience, especially going into more STEM? Is that something that you've had to pivot
1: with? It's so funny you ask that. I was literally in a car yesterday with two colleagues, mm. and again, we're like, tra- we've been traveling around yep. doing some training with across the state with our extension agents and. One, she's a couple decades older mm-hmm. than the us the, and we literally were asking that question yesterday. Right. And it something that she very much could give vivid examples of, like, even though it happened decades ago, it is in very vivid memories. Right. And we were we literally thanked her because we have not experienced that mm. as much. How, I do need to say that with a however, though, sure. because I'm in nutrition, and that is a largely female profession. And so someone who identifies as a male will probably feel very differently. Like in our setting, it could be the reverse. And so I I think because of the area within Mm -hmm. STEM that I live and work in, I have not experienced it as much, Mm -hmm. um, but it's still definitely definitely there i just don't have to go in with my armor on right (laughs) all day every day
0: only in certain scenarios sometimes Mm -hmm. which we will take that yes (laughs) now we are going to go into our second segment which i call bgcf fast facts i'm going to give you a question and without thinking about it too much you're going to give me the first answer that pops up okay are you ready i hope so (laughs) what are you reading right now Oh, you'll
1: laugh about this. Um, is butter a carb? It's a book. It's a great one. Okay. Um, it's funny that I'm reading a nutrition book because I usually try not sure. to read yes. those. Um, just because I need a break, right? Right. But it's uh, our our extension. We do book clubs. This is the sixth one we've done, Fun. and they are they're at a state level, so any, anyone can sign up and register through okay. their cooperative extension office. Locally, it by the time this airs, it might be in progress or over. But there's probably another one coming. Yes. All of that to say, but this one is focused on nutrition, and it's a great read. It's written by two dietitians, actually in the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. or as we say, the other UK. Yes, <laughs> and they it really just breaks down common nutrition questions um, into easy to read, easy to understand, and entertaining because it could be kind of boring sure. to read about fat or protein or mm-hmm. carbohydrates, but mm-hmm. they talk about it in a way that weaves in some of those trends that have come and gone over time and gives a little backstory about how do we get there and why was it maybe not the the best or the
0: healthiest right. way to like think about things. And so it, it's a great book. And they give a nod to Mean Girls, so they're yep. really winning in yep. the yep. book. <laughs> yep. What <laughs> are you watching right now?
1: I wish I could say anything with yeah. a little at home and going just transitioning back to work. I haven't really watched anything. I guess you could say The Last Dance, because
0: my husband has that on in the background. Okay. It's um, Michael Jordan, all about Michael oh, Jordan. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I don't know if you can tell by that. everything about me. I'm not an athlete. Um <laughs> But that show made me cry. I don't know what it was, but it really touched my heart. I love those boys.
1: <laughs> I'll have to pay better attention. It's like on in the background, so yes. I have not felt invested yet.
0: Oh, yes. You're going to have to
1: get there. It's okay. so good. <laughs> what
0: are you listening to
1: right now? Mm, music. I just like to have mm. music on in the background, depending on what I'm doing. <laughs> really like miley cyrus's new one flowers yes, mm-hmm.
0: so good but i
1: also love the spa music too when i'm like working or relaxing so yeah anything and everything i just like to have music on i love it what are you eating right now also everything <laughs> um i am a breastfeeding mom and so yes. the hunger is real mm-hmm. and so i am just i'm down
0: to eat yes And that's a thing, like having to literally refuel your body to fuel another person. It is. I forgot how
1: taxing it was until all of a sudden I don't feel well. And I'm like, oh, Oh, I need to eat and I need to have some water. Oh, Um, my gosh. Yeah, so lots of water and and lots of food. What are you most scared of? Ooh. That's a tough one. I I guess when you say scared, I default to what keeps me up at night. Okay, because that's usually something that's on my subconscious. Uh huh. Um, but right now I am so tired. Nothing is waking me up <laughs> at night. But it's usually it's usually work related. It's okay. like, did I do that right? Did I do that enough? Yeah. I would say that those are the things that I'm usually most questioning or scared mm. about. There's a lot of Bigger picture things, but I try not to – those things that are out of my control, like not
0: even – Yeah, can't do anything about them, so we're just going to go with the flow. Exactly. What are you most proud of?
1: Uh, Kind of like you mentioned earlier, just I love seeing things come to fruition, Mm. being able to see work – that has been valuable, um, the little moments, like professionally and personally. Right. So when you're raising children, for example, you're like, am I doing okay? And then they do something that totally catches you off your guard yes. and you're like, wow, you, <laughs> that's that's a great human being right there. Right. You know. So yeah. it, I think it's just those little everyday moments that provide reassurance that mm-hmm. you're doing just fine. <laughs> Who do you look up to? Ooh, I think in the space of New parenthood, I really look up to mothers in general mm-hmm. and just what we and they juggle in life, uh, whatever that looks like. It, it's right. like Because I'm always amazed when you hear people's stories about birth stories or managing the number of children they have or how closely they were spaced or just life circumstances and right. transitioning back to work. It's all amazing how...
0: They get do it, it done.
1: They yes. do. They do. <laughs> and all with grace and grit. <laughs> oh. What are you most looking forward to? Mm. I, I'm i excited about the warmer weather coming yes. up with, with a newborn and just with cold and flu season. Yeah. We've been holed up a lot. And so really looking forward to getting out and mm. checking out more in the local community and, you know, what's there for that really young kiddo and what's there for a slightly older kiddo right. and just seeing people
0: again and... <laughs> Being out and about. Being out and, and about. would be nice. Yes. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting question for you. Why do you love our community? As a newcomer, why do you love our community? I have found it to be so vibrant. There are... I just... I learn
1: something new every day. I'm like, what a great resource or what a great asset mm-hmm. or just... Letting people know, because none, none of my family or friends really know much about Kentucky. And right. so I'm like, well, did you know this? And did you know that? <laughs> and they're constantly surprised and amazed. And so I think just being able to continue to learn about all the great things that are here. And um, and I love, I also love that it's closer to our family because we were further yes. from them. So it's nice <laughs> to be slightly forward and then or closer and then have a really cool place for them to come visit Yes. Why do you love yourself? Uh, I've never thought about that that's a that's an important question yeah. that I think I probably haven't done justice to at this point <laughs> in my life. but um, I guess I would say, why do I love myself um learning to have more grace for myself mm-hmm. is a way of love. So maybe I'm not sure that's Absolutely. why I love myself, but it's a way that I'm working on it. And right. um, like we said, just letting some of those things go. And I guess the ability to grow and learn in that way yes. is um, kind of, I guess, why I would say that I love myself.
0: Mm-hmm. Last question. Mm-hmm. How can people find you, get in touch with you? What do you have going on that maybe you need help on? Give us all the goods. Wow. I wish I could say I was more active on social media, but I'm not. So that is, I'm on there. but It can be a good
1: thing. But you won't probably find sure. anything interesting from me mm-hmm. right now. But I would say you could follow the social feeds of the Department of Dietetics and Human Nutrition at UK. You could follow Cooperative Extension. We have a state page and Fayette, um, they also have their own. Or if you're listening from another community, they all have their own ways. So by proxy, that's a way that you can stay <laughs> in touch um, as to what's going on. You can always email me. It's really easy, Courtney.Luking at UKY.EDU. i happy to respond to any questions that people might have. Uh, in terms of exciting things, I think it's just some of those projects that are ongoing. And um, so hopefully you'll be seeing those roll out in a community near you soon. Yes.
0: Courtney, thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you'll have to come back. Once everything starts rolling out, you'll have to come back maybe with a student, and we can (sighs) chit-chat about everything. Yes, that would be fantastic. (laughs) Okay, I'll see you next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at bgcfky or visit us at bgcf.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex WLXU 93.9 LP-FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guest's.